Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want. It's, uh, you know, that's, that's what we do here on Free Talk Live. It's an interactive show. We have an interactive website. You can go to freetalklive.com, and you can upload blog posts or stories or whatever you'd like. People will vote it up, vote it down. You can do the same. It's uh, quite the online community there. It's freetalklive.com. It's Mark. And Stephanie. So, Stephanie, I've been, um, we read a news story here on the air a couple of days ago. I can't remember. Maybe it was the Friday show. Maybe it was the Thursday show, something like mm-hmm. that. And it was, um, you know, I one gets jaded when one does 21 hours a week of talk radio talking about uh, news stories where we attempt to hold the government responsible for its actions, whether they're inefficient, immoral, whatever they might be. And, you know, you see it come, you see it go. In some cases, you even have a certain amount of uh, joy when you see a story that you know that is going to be particularly good on air. And mm-hmm. it's, an, you know, not a particularly pretty way to look at somebody else's uh, uh, misfortunes. But, you know, when the government does something bad, it's amazing. You can, uh, you're like, oh, well, that's, that's going to be something to talk about on the air. There's no, no, no doubt about it. Yeah. This story left me angry to the point that, for the last two or three days, however long it's been, I've just been completely on edge and really upset. And I, you know, this doesn't happen to me too, too, too often. And I'm trying to come to terms with, you know, why and what it means to me. And, you know, there have been stories that that's happened. Mm-hmm. And usually they create some kind of turning point in my life mm-hmm. where I look at things a little differently. Can you give an example of the last time that happened? For instance, the um, the one the one that comes to mind uh, is the Kilo versus New London case. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. The United States Supreme Court ruled, and maybe this was 2005. Yep, um, that sounds about right. That the town of New London, contrary to the Constitution, could take, uh, you know, could could take people's property for the public good and the public good was however of course new london connecticut would define that as whereas the constitution says for the public use right. it's very clear public use means the public gets to use it it doesn't matter whether or not the politicians consider it good or bad and in this case it was giving the land to pfizer i that's think right. to, to pfizer it was destroying a neighborhood which had been around for more than 100 years in some cases some uh, you know people had lived and died you know were you know, lived and retired in these homes uh, born and retired in these same homes. Those um, were the holdouts, had. the ones that had been born in the houses and had yeah. had them for hundreds of years. And they ended up, they did end up coming with bulldozers and clearing the land and they giving it to Pfizer. But it, the ironic thing is that story turned out to be in the end that Pfizer never even built those those things because yeah. of the economy and downturns. The econ- right. So they, they build a, bulldoze these people's houses for nothing. And mm-hmm. that, it, I suppose it is ironic, but what that said to me is the Supreme Court really has no, they just don't care about the Constitution. I mean, it's meaningless to them. And, no. um, you know, they whatever hope I had for the courts, I guess, at that point, kind of was, uh, you know, really twisted and, and dashed. Yep. I don't believe the courts are, are a you know good way to solve whatever inefficiencies there are in in America. And, um, you know, I, I think that they can be. There are certainly some good rulings out there. 
I tend to like the judicial system more than I like, say, the executive branch and the legislative branch. But it's it really, you know, it showed me that these people aren't gods and they aren't going to do the right thing. And they're, you know, they 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 don't look at the thing. They don't look at the Constitution the way I look at it. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. So that was a major turning point in your in your the way that you thought about government. Right. Sure. Okay. And this story um, here, this one's from McClatchy News. This is uh, from WikiLeaks, uh, the most recent WikiLeaks here. Iraqi children in, the, in a U.S. raid are shot in the head, according to the U.N. Um, and it has a picture here of uh, several kids all snuggled up in blankets, and they're a little blue. The reason they're blue is because apparently United States mili- military members shot them in the head after yeah. handcuffing them. I can see the wrist of this one little girl, and it is uh, red and, and irritated. Yeah. Um, if somebody thought that handcuffing a, um, or I think probably you use those zip ties, yeah, zip tying a uh, f- four or five year old, which is what this girl appears to be, um, and and shooting them in the head was a good idea. I mean, they, clearly this wasn't one guy did this. This was a this was a fire it's fight a concerted effort. Yeah. And then these guys go into this this home where apparently all the bad guys had left, and they just killed the family yeah. that was there. Um, including uh, the, you know, I mean, you can say what you want about five-year-olds, including the five-month-old who couldn't have, could not have crawled a hand, uh, hand grenade at these people. Um, and the grandmother. And the grandmother, a woman in her 70s. So you've yeah. got five kid, children under the age of five, a woman in her 70s. The rest were women and two were men out of these 11 people. And, you know, the, the idea that you take somebody who's in cuffs and shoot them in the head to me, if if it's if it was all big, rough, tough ter- terrorists, yeah. I would still call it wrong. Yeah. It was wrong for the United States uh, SEAL team to shoot Osama bin Laden in the head, execute him on his knees in front of his uh, family. At least that's what his family says. Yeah. Um, it, it was and it's wrong for this to happen, too. But, you know, just because it's the children, I'm so upset by this i'm so upset that this war can take what i would assume would be normal american kids and turn them into the kind of people that would shoot five-year-olds in the head while they're handcuffed and babies and babies i mean you know i mean i i don't see how one can distinguish between a five-year-old and a baby maybe i don't know but yeah it's pretty hard to imagine a five-year-old having any kind of political ideology at all right and it's to me, it's absolutely sickening um, the idea that we're there to liberate these people, and then they don't do it. And then I actually, there are actually people that called in to defend these things, you know, like wars, yeah. hell, and all that stuff. I and, heard those, and you know, oh my goodness, I don't know what I would have done if I were there, and I had heard these people calling in, and they were just so dispassionate and so disconnected mm-hmm. from the Calm atrocity. Down was what I was being told, and yeah. You know, I, no, I, I don't. I think they're wrong. I don't think that you should calm down. I mean, maybe there's something to be said for presenting the message in a way that's accessible that people enjoy hearing. But I, I, how could you possibly take a message like this, uh, where it's it's so unpleasant by nature, it's so egregious, it's so yeah. atrocious, it's a travesty, and and not be passionate or emotional about it? I just I, I don't understand how that's possible. And if you are disconnected. If you have so effectively disconnected yourself from hearing a message like that and empathizing with the people who have been hurt and the people who continue to be hurt all the time because the U.S. is all over the Middle East in these pointless wars, if if, if you are not empathizing with those people, I really think that uh, there's right. something wrong with that it's, picture. It speaks to the team mentality thing, right? Like, I mean, you really have yeah, to it's, love it's your other. team, which is um, well, you have to y- think of Americans. people as not human beings. That's what th- you have to think. Yeah, you have to assume that the camel jockey sand dwellers or whatever disparaging term one wishes to use for yeah. people that love their kids 
and that live their lives the best way they know how and are just like us in so many ways. Yeah. You have to you have to really twist your mind around to not know that. Also, it takes a, a great deal of ignorance um, because you have to really have not traveled the world and talked to people and really, um, you know, <laughs> gotten on uh, gotten into a level where you're really communicating with people that are a little different than you are. And have a sort of a curiosity about the world as it expands. Um, you know, it's a it's it's an insular attitude where we're better than they are, yeah. and they are dumb, they are bad, they are whatever. Just the idea, the very idea of thinking of people that are born on one arbitrary landmass as somehow fundamentally different because of their skin color, or their culture, or their religion, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That idea They're is... They're Stone Age. They, yeah. they, they've been fighting like this since, for, you know, for a millennium and but that kind of thing. That idea and that attitude is what allows war to be possible and all of the atrocities that accompany war. Rape, murder, theft, destruction of property, stealing from everyone to pay for it. And ki- the, the wanton killing, the just disgust. I mean, it's... I have a hard time talking about it myself because it's just I empathize so much with the people who it's affecting. And it's it's not just affecting people over in the Middle East. It's affecting people here. Mark, you know, you said just learning about this was hard on your emotional health. And of course, we're all forced to pay for it. Really tough for me if we disagree. And I guess what my question is, is, uh, you know, today um, I have several questions. But one of those questions is, am I an America hater? Because I really hate that this is being done in my name, but the military and the politicians that control the military are so much what America is in so many people's minds. How can I support the troops when I see stories like this? How can, and, and, you know, please call in, help me, tell me what you think, tell me, tell me whatever. Get, tell me your thoughts on this. 855 450 Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live's Live Sunday edition. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. Go check out freetalklive.com. We have all kinds of, you know, it's one of the biggest websites of any talk radio show in America. And we have all kinds of services for the listeners that you know, it might be a little more difficult to find on your average talk radio website. Check out listen.freetalklive.com. We have all kinds of different ways that you can listen to the show, including the great radio stations that we're on, more than 100 of them, plus the live streams that we have on the website. There's a couple of satellite options, XM and free-to-air satellite, the webcam at cam.freetalklive.com, listen lines, telephone numbers that you can call and listen anywhere in the world, as long as you pay the fees. It's listen.freetalklive.com. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? Man Venture Outpost carries knives. Ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com. They're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Some prices are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. You can get additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. It's a great website. Been over there recently myself and uh, checking out... Knives. I'm going to make a decision here soon. We're processing the chickens, right? <laughs> we're processing chickens. Yeah. And one, one has to have a good knife for that. Yep. So, you know, we're still talking about this uh, this issue of how does one react to stories that are outrageous? Yeah. 
Um, and you know, I mean, for the, this is this is a segment for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, other people can give me, you know, certainly their feelings and you know what's best for them and things like that. But this is I'm doing this uh, this topic for me. Free Talk Live has in the past been difficult for me to do in some ways because, well, you know, we we uh, you know point out so many of the things in the world that are unjust, uh, illogical, mm-hmm. inefficient. And it can come off as, well, we don't like anybody or anything <laughs> because it, the show's a kind of plastic because so many things in this world are done in fashions that are inefficient. You know, they're done because of voodoo or, you know, you know, belief in, in you know, people in the sky mm-hmm. or they're done for reasons. Blind of devotion to politicians. Blind devotion to politicians. The belief that the that human beings can't possibly operate in a world where they are not um, coerced by a monopolistic organization um, that is based on, frankly, uh, king, the you know, the king surf relationship or masters and servants, whatever you want to talk about mm-hmm. these, uh, the, the ideas that we can't um, you know operate in that way. So, you know, in the past, I've got battled with, with situations where it's like, you know, I just, for my mental health sake, I don't think I can do this show anymore. Yeah. And things have happened in my life where I've been, you know, I'm seeing, I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Moving to the Free State Project, for one, was really, for me, a real step in the right direction. I can see steps towards liberty happening, advancements happening here. And, you know, admittedly, they're not the, they're not li- the huge uh, strides or anything like that. I, I think the Free State Project is a project of a lifetime. But at the very least, I can see things happening. I can see things turning. I can see people getting active and um, you know, stuff happening, laws being passed, laws being stopped, which I think is the most important um, aspect of the Free State Project for me. The, the new, new laws that they're constantly rolling in are uh, you know, being curtailed to some extent. But you know, with this story here where we're talking about the – from McClatchy – DC.com, a situation where some U.S. soldiers in 2006, March 15th, 2006, in uh, this uh, city of Ashanti or something like that. I, I don't have it right here. Um, yeah. You know, I'd have to, I'll have to look down in the article. I'm, I've lost the city name. Uh, well, but this is not the only war atrocity story that has come out no. because of WikiLeaks. I mean, one thing I think that we all need to kind of take a minute to think about is that, gosh, if if Bradley Manning wasn't sitting in jail right now, if if WikiLeaks didn't exist, if none of this information hadn't been uh, put out there for the public to know about, um, this stuff might still be in the dark. Right. And, and what they're doing is shining a light on it. And it's really important to do things like what we do, Mark, and, and get this message out there so people can realize what's going on. And anger might be a natural process when they learn of... I think it is, and yeah. I'm willing to forgive myself for that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think that I'm at my most uh, persuasive and most convincing when I am just full of vitriol and spitting into the microphone and, and really upset. Although but I think some people might be persuaded by it, that. There, there's certainly so there are out some there. some people who love to listen to that. There are, yeah, right. There's a lot of that in the world. Um, there's a lot of talk radio where people are you know, yelling and spitting into microphones. Well, just and, look at the most popular talk radio shows. I mean, a lot of them Rush involve... isn't so much... Uh, he is the most popular radio show in America, and he isn't so much that way anymore. Yeah. He may... I, I think I remember him being uh, more angry, but now when I listen to him, He's much more conversational. He doesn't bring very many people on the air, but when he does, he gives them the opportunity to speak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I I think that this guy really does have his finger in the in the air. I think he's a genius when it comes to broadcasting. I, um, you know, I, I 
I, I don't disagree, I don't agree with his politics in a lot of ways, but sure. he really knows how to broadcast. And and so I, you know, when I listen to him, it's like I like his delivery in a lot of ways. But you know, Sean Hannity is a you know, Democrats are stupid, 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 right? And, and, and if you and, agree with him, you're a great American. You're a great American. <laughs> and of course, Michael Savage is you know oh, thinks aut- autistic kids are bad or something. I mean, like you know, just, I've only heard upset. him a few times, and every time it, it was well. Male ducks don't have sex with each other, so we should just, you know, castigate these. Uh, really, do male ducks not have sex with each other? Birds are pretty I think gay. They do actually. <laughs> I, mean, I think all animals have some homosexuality. I don't know that all of them do, but I know that uh, there you are know, many certainly examples. some do, and um, you know, that lots of birds do, in fact. So, <laughs> but that's beside the point. It is beside that point. Yeah, but it, you know, but people do like some of that uh, spitting vitriol. Yeah. Uh, some people do like some of that spitting vitriol, but. I guess, um, you know, what the you know questions that this brings up for me is in so many ways is, you know, WikiLeaks. People say WikiLeaks is bad. What if we had a situation where we had an informant and that informant got killed and such and such and so and so? Mm-hmm. Well, but I mean, there's hard, tangible proof that WikiLeaks has shown the American people and the people of the world some of the atrocities that have occurred. Now, mostly here in America, we get the American stuff, but there's all kinds of things that have been revealed about all kinds of despotic organizations. Yeah. And. Well, People it, need to know that information because the United States government isn't going to tell you. It had yes. five years to get this information out about its troops that it didn't prosecute shooting these ki- children, five years old and under, they in the head while they were medals. handcuffed. Yeah. And they chose not to give that information to the American people. That's the thing. I mean, when people come down on WikiLeaks and say, they're oh, they're anarchists, they're getting people in trouble, they're going to endanger soldiers. Well, you know what? It's really up to the people who are perpetrating these wars to not commit all these atrocities because they're going to come out. I mean, technology has advanced to the point where people will be able to know about it. It's just if it happens, it's going to many people would find say, out. Many people would say what they won't they won't say, but they will think in their heads. Wars can't be fought without atrocities. We must fight wars. So therefore, we must cover up the atrocities. Well, there's some truth to that. That statement there that wars can't be to it, right? fought without atrocities, because that's what happens in that's order to have is. wars. One team, you know, so-called team needs to think of the other team as subhuman, not human. And so because they're not human, we can do anything we want to them. We can treat them like things, dismembering bodies yes. and raping women well, and everything. Like food or animals or livestock right. you know, that you that you hang up by its legs That's and slaughter That's necessary it. for anyone to be able to perpetrate a war and to live with themselves in any way. Yeah. Yeah. So realizing that is one of the first keys to stopping it, I think. 855-450-3733, Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the Sickle toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. It's Mark. And Stephanie. Check out freetalklive.com. There you can we well, can see this cam. I actually just turned the darn thing on. It's cam.freetalklive.com. It's not like I keep any secrets from you or anything. I just forgot to turn it on. cam.freetalklive.com. And you know, this is the show about your calls, so we're going to go uh, right into them. Let's go to Kurt in New Hampshire. Kurt. Good evening. What's happening? Oh, just I heard you talking about war, and I thought I'd put in two cents. I'd love to hear it. Uh, well, 
There was a book put out not too long ago by Tom Woods, the Mises Institute, okay. We Who Say No to War. Mm-hmm. It was a compilation of um, articles and things from 1812 through to World War II of mm. people who were saying, no, no war, stop war. You know, there's an interesting, and, just before you go on, it was there was a movement prior to World War One that they believed that um, the anti-war movement was so powerful at that point that they didn't, they thought war was over and that, that people weren't going to use that method to solve problems anymore. This was prior to wow. World War One, And if only, I, I mean, you know, like I have no illusions that we're there, but can you imagine wh- what it was like to just think that? Go on with that. Uh, well, I, I would love to believe it. But I keep seeing it, and apparently the tragedies of war have been going on since the beginning. uh, Did you ever see a movie called Breaker Morant? No. It's the movie that put Edward Woodward into the American scene, if you've ever heard of him. He did a TV show called The... uh, the Equalizer later on. I think I remember that, and but um, the you know getting me to uh, guess right in the uh, the the, the entertainment <laughs> section of Trivial Pursuit is uh, usually not going to. I'm sports and leisure and entertainment, not my strong suits. Well, it's a great movie, and it's about a trial of people in in the Boer War, soldiers who were accused of tra- of of, of um, committing an atrocity. Mm-hmm. And the, the summation by the lawyer at the end that it, it's, it's not abnormal people who do these things. It's normal people in really abnormal situations. Yeah. It's, it, it gives me chills to even talk about it. It's a fabulous movie. Well, we, uh, we do know from, from Stanley Milgram's experiments that basically the majority of people will go along with anything a perceived authority figure says that even looks somewhat legitimate. So it's yep. kind of not surprising that people use the excuse of just following orders and all those, those kind of things. Well, and, and you know, it's, it's not oh. just that, but I mean, when you're ordered to kill the enemy and the enemy looks like a certain thing, I mean, we're, we're moving into a world where the United States wishes to use its military more as a policing organization than as um, a war fighting organization. You know, it. I, I think things were easier when you said those are the bad people. They've got slanty eyes. Shoot them in the head. And yeah, well, it's now, always easier when the enemy has a uniform on. Yeah. And now that um, you know that that's not that's just not the case, then you have a much you know more difficult scenario. And you can I can totally see why some you know twenty year old kid over there with an M sixteen. Um, you know, comes to the conclusion after he's seen his buddy get hurt or killed or whatever in what's, whatever situation, he comes to the conclusion that these people are bad. I mean, I can you could talk to people. People call in here and say things like that. Those yeah. people, those Muslims are bad. Their religion is bad. There's nothing you can do to save them. They should be put in camps. They should be kicked out of the country. They should be bombed to glass. So if you've got normal folks in America who haven't even been in war coming up with that conclusion, then you can certainly come to that have people come to that conclusion that are over there. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah, people people in a bad situation are going to react badly. And unfortunately these soldiers, these these kids are put into the position deliberately by people who order them to go and then sit there in their nice offices and count uh, 
count statistics. Right, because war is old men talking and young men dying. And that's what it's always been. Young men dying before they really know what they're getting into in many cases. Right, Mm -hmm. and nobody nobody says that uh, somebody who, uh, you know, nobody's asking 40-year-old men, (laughs) 40-year-old men who've had a chance to think about this stuff to go fight. They want 20-year-old men who, you know, whose bodies are much better. They certainly don't want my body. I'm not trying to disparage the decision-making abilities of 18 or 20-year-olds, but how could anyone of any age possibly be prepared for the realities that happen in war and all the death and and destruction that they see on a daily basis. I won't disparage their decision-making abilities, but I do believe that our minds are are, are controlled by chemicals Mm -hmm. and that the mind of an 18-year-old male or 20-year-old male has a lot more testosterone flowing through it than the mind of a 40-year-old male. My way of thinking has changed throughout time, and I bet to some extent that's chemical. The brain is still developing up to like age 25. I mean, the frontal lobe, which is responsible for decision making, is still getting these uh, these things that insulate the neurons, you know, like the sheaths of the neurons. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is that people's judgment and decision making um, really up until age 25 is, is still kind of developing. And I think that oftentimes when people are fed ideas when they're young, (laughs) sometimes the most bad or the most dangerous or destructive ideas have to be fed to people when they're young if anyone is going to buy them because otherwise no one will believe them you know they've certainly bought this war thing till he's seven and i'll give you the man right yeah whoever said that was smart but evil probably (laughs) uh, it's attributed to the jesuits i see well, they don't have a they don't have a good uh, um, track record in the the past, or at least the history is not particularly kind to the Jesuits. <laughs> Kurt, uh, thanks for the call. You got anything else for me? Nope. Thank you very much. Free Talk Live eight five five four five zero three seven three three. And you know, I've been I've been really struggling with this. I I wonder to myself. You know, I I know that people view us as America haters. And I don't view myself as Amer- as an America hater. I view myself as a person who tries to look at things objectively. I think that the government of the United States of America has some advantages over other governments. I think that uh, you know that the, it's better to live in the United States for a lot of reasons. Um, some of it is its government and the 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 the, the, the nation as has been left in the by politicians previously and um, the history of the nation to some extent. But I also think it's technology and wealth and a lot of other things. Um, some of that wealth, I really believe, is a legacy of a freer nation, economically yeah. speaking. I think there's a good case for that. And, you know, so I do. I, and, but should I love America for that? I mean, and what, what I keep no. coming to for, as a conclusion is what about a guy who, who uh, you know, beats his wife but brings home the, his paycheck every week? <laughs> Just because he brings home his paycheck doesn't make him a good dad. And there's nothing wrong with me trying to make this place better. I think that I have. Love it or leave it is a, is a truism. And, you know, it's one of those pithy little statements that people will pull out. But if you really think about it, it's not logically consistent or valid in any way. Right. Where are you supposed to go? Well, right. You know? For one, where are you supposed to go? But secondly, if I want to go and make a freer place, why should I leave the United States? And how successful am I going to be creating a freer place by, say, going to Papua New Guinea and mm-hmm. con- convincing the New Guineans that I know what the best way that a government should be run? I mean, they're, they're going to be like, get out of here, honky, and <laughs> you know, go back to where you came from. 
And so you, and you're really stuck with, a, with two scenarios here because people will say, like, for instance, I've moved to the Free State Project in order to create a, a, a better uh, state where the protection of life, liberty, and, and property is the maximum role of government. They don't like that. Some of them, even the conservatives um, on whose side sometimes you know, the, the, the support of libertarians fall, even when you're on their side, sometimes they don't like the idea that you moved here to change their state. And you know, my well, response just, to that—it's just an in-group, out-group mentality. It is, it is absolutely that. But but check out the the two different things you have to deal with: go back home, and if you don't like it at home, leave. What yeah. kind of you know? What kind of instructions are these? Yeah, it's a false also, choice. It's the question—the statement I have for those people—if I ever get the opportunity to make those statements—and and rarely do. This is the kind of thing that someone keeps to oneself: is, well, yeah, I'd be happy to move home as soon as you go down to Florida and get all the New Hampshireite old people that have voted for all the big government stuff in my town out. You yeah. go get them out, and then I'll move home. Because yeah. you know, I mean, they're not going to do that either. They can't do that. It's a stupid statement. I have some ideas about how we can deal with this better when we get back. 855-450-3733. Got any ideas? Free Talk Live, 855 855- Four five zero three seven three three. It's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live's Live Sunday edition with Mark and Stephanie. So, public choice. Why do politicians not cut spending? Using public choice econ- economics or the economics of politics, Professor Ben Powell shows how voters rationally ignore what politicians do. Rationally ignore what politicians do. This leads to concentrated benefits and dispersed costs and favors recipients of government payments at the expense of taxpayers. This video lays it on down, people. You need to go see this one at learnliberty.org slash FTL. That's learnliberty.org slash FTL. Uh, Professor Ben Powell is actually a good friend of mine, or uh, a friend of mine at the very least, if not a good friend of mine. Talk now and then. And he does a really great job with this, so please go take a look at this video. I think you'll really enjoy it. Share it with your friends and family. Put it on your Facebook. Share it around. These videos need to be spread around so that people get an idea of, well, why government doesn't work. And, of course, you also had Anthony Davies on earlier this week yep. from LearnLiberty.org. And he's, he we got his videos there, too. It's LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. Go check it out, please, if you would. So, Stephanie, we are uh, talking about... My distress over the story of the Iraqi children that were killed in 2006 by U.S. troops, uh, it's, it's alleged, right, like that nobody's ever been convicted for it. I, I don't know how you can say anything with any kind of absolute certainty in this world. Well, it came but from I believe it. WikiLeaks, yeah, and I'm not too familiar with exactly what the evidence is, but there have been a number of stories. It looks like, like the United was... States government corroborated to some extent mm-hmm. uh, the U.N. report here. And there was the killing. Was never, uh, the U.N. didn't release this either. So right. you've got two organizations that have monopoly privilege in, in their purviews that have decided, well, we're just not going to release this information. Oh, of course. Well, why would they release it? I mean, they have no reason to. <laughs> right. These kids were handcuffed. They're not that accountable much. to anyone. I can anyone. see the picture. It's right there. The kids were handcuffed and shot in the head. Yeah. I can see them lying in their little blankets there, getting re- in the back of a pickup truck, being carted off to be buried at five years old, uh, several at five, I think one at four, one at two, and one at five months. God, that's so, so sad. I, mean, I, I don't think shocking. I can look at it. 
I, I haven't wanted to. I, I mean, I didn't want to look at the pictures of the kill team where they were cutting off people's fingers as trophies yeah. to show that they got killed. I didn't watch the video of the uh, shooting of the journalists. You know, I didn't. Some people would say to us that you should shut up and stop looking at this stuff. These are the kind of things that have to happen in order for you to have freedom. There are walls in this world, Stephanie, and whether you like it or not, you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You can't handle the truth, right? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, the, the whole Jack Nicholson thing right out of, uh, out of uh, you know, I wasn't trying to imitate him, but I was doing the, uh, the, uh, the I was condensed his uh, little speech there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just I believed this at one point. I believed that the hero in um, in as a few good men was Jack Nicholson at one point in my life. And, I, you know, it's a testimony to what an incredible actor that man is. But, you know, and now I've come to the conclusion that maybe it's the guys on the wall that are causing a lot of these problems. Mm-hmm. That maybe it's the way that and not just the guys on the wall, the, the guys whole on the wall system, not are, just the guys who do it. Yeah. Right. The politicians. It's you know, the politicians tell the soldiers what to do. But if the soldiers stopped doing what the politicians told them to do, it's this really weird cycle. The yep. politicians actually aren't doing um, you know, the, the the act itself. The soldiers are doing the act. So who, and the politicians didn't tell them to shoot these kids. The soldiers did that. And how do you separate, um, you know, the actions of some soldiers from others when they say support the troops? They've got these yellow ribbons on their car. Are they talking about these troops? Because I don't support these troops. I, I think, think these troops think are criminals. Talk- yeah. And yeah. frankly, I think, you know, to lesser or greater extent, all the troops are criminals. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they certainly all paid for by stolen money from a lot of people who disagree with what they're doing. And some of them have participated in some serious atrocities. Right. If I was a member of the mafia and I didn't kill anybody or do anything bad, I just kept their books or whatever. Are you still, yeah, am I, you know, what, at, to what level am I sullied? Yep. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know about these things. And this is these are the questions that I have for myself. And, you know, that I've what been if you so gave the mafia some money because they've held a gun to your head? Right. I mean, because that's analogous to every taxpayer. Right. Th- indeed. But and what, what if you supported the mafia? As they're you know holding a gun to your head, um, demanding the money that you have to give. A you lot can, of people you can are give out there the money free. You can be happy about giving the money that the gun's held to your head for, but that doesn't change that the 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 hypothetical gun is there. Mm-hmm. If you choose not to pay the taxes they say that you owe, that of course you have to go through the uh, the process of figuring these taxes out. Um, so you know you're 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 a, you're a uh, indentured CPA for them <laughs> doing <laughs> doing their bookkeeping for them. That sounds awfully glamorous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I just trying to use the term you know they they don't want to use they use these normal terms taxpayer yeah everybody uses this term taxpayer but how about know, human livestock because that's more akin it, to what it actually it is. really sort of is yeah. i mean you know they what a slave is is a person who's or serf or whatever is a person whose labor you extract a certain amount of their labor and you give them back you know whatever they need for sustenance and keep a roof over their head and you let them copulate so they can have more people in the future to uh um to enslave. Pay taxes yeah but I mean, the I've heard numbers like the average American is paying half of their income in taxes. Yeah. Half. When if you you're add half up the a federal... tax slave, then you know if they can take half of your money, can't they take it all? And if they can take it all, aren't you a slave? Yes. I, I you know I don't like using this terminology, and certainly I'm not a slave in the way that chattel slaves have been used in the past. No one has put a whip upon my back. Well, they don't have to because they it's hold, a bad the, threat, motivator, they hold the threat of jail above your head and you're more productive if you think you're free. Indeed. Right? 
Yeah. They, they've done studies that certain certain animals, depends on the type of animal, certain animals do better with, in bigger cages than yeah. smaller cages. That's and I true. think the human I think the human animal d- does better in larger cages. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you know, they, they try to find the what's the optimum size cage that we can get. But, of course, they're also motivated from the standpoint that we need to get more productivity out of this animal. And, you know, to a lesser or greater extent, that's what they do. So I, I have uh, railed and railed here, Stephanie, but you thought you had some kind of uh, solutions for this uh, situation. I want to give you the opportunity to talk about it. Sure, sure. Well, real quick, I, when you asked this question initially, how can we deal with the psychological pain of knowing that these things are happening and there's not much we can do about it, right? I'm sure we feel kind of trapped and kind of angry. I think that's that's a natural sure. reaction, too. Um I mean, cause, because your, your need for autonomy is not met, right? You have no choice in the matter. Right. I feel like I feel like these people with the American flag, uh, you know, patch on their shoulder to some extent or another represent me. Yeah. And, and you have no choice about whether you can really participate. I mean, if you want to earn any kind of living, if you want to support your family, then you have to earn money somehow. And they're going to extract some taxes from it. And, you know, even though you're a nationally syndicated talk radio show and anti-war activists, you really can't you can speak out about it a lot, but you really can't directly stop what's happening sure. right? especially the things that have already happened in the past right no i mean this is 2006 and you can't be everywhere all the time you know this is the problem that superman's got you know the crime that goes on where he's not yeah it's, he's got x-ray vision and can super hearing and so he has the ability to do things like that all i can do is talk about the things that i feel are wrong right. but i can't tell you how many people's heads are so deep in the sand that they don't even see what what's wrong with this they don't want to look at the pictures of dead bodies of kids killed in um iraq because oh, i don't want to look at well, them either but, it's fine that yeah. you don't want to look at you already understand how wrong it is yes but if they're, you know, they're not going to be, they they won't be motivated. War's hell. Those people are bad. They're bad, bad, bad. We got to kill them. I know they look like humans, but they ain't really. Or whatever it is that they say to themselves, I don't know. That yeah, but those people are just desperately trying to convince themselves of what they're saying. They, you do realize they're that. They're pretty successful. So, yes, yeah, sometimes they are. But it's people like us speaking out that breaks through that a little bit. And uh you know, when I was thinking about this question, I came up with a short list of things that we can do. Okay. Right? The first one is empathize with yourself and realize how you're feeling when you understand what's happening. And just, just give yourself a little bit of that empathy. Let yourself speak up and, uh, and get those, those kind of feelings out. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely helpful to do that. Uh, the second one is speak out. Be an activist. You know, get this message out to other people. And even though it, everyone may not listen to you, there are some people who will be reached, believe me. I mean, oh, Free sure. Talk Live reaches lots of people every day. Yep. And so you're doing a lot already on that front. 109 radio stations, 2XM channels, we're doing pretty good as far as reaching people. Yeah. And the third thing was stop your moral support. You know, I, I think you've pretty well I, done that. To me, this is the, really the, the, the key. I don't mind if people say, well, we can do this to make the system better or that to make the system better, as long as they understand inherently that using force and coercion is wrong. Yes, I get it that we have a big messed up, messed up system that uh, you know has been created through, uh, frank, frankly, millennia of situations of coercive situations. I get that unrolling this this uh, Gordian knot, that peeling this onion, is not a day long process. Mm-hmm. I understand that. It's the what appears to be the support of 
the process of enslaving people, like of using them as your own personal pawns on the chessboard. They're not yours, and you should leave them alone. Mm-hmm. And, or, and advocating for their use is the same thing, in my opinion. Because And just by you saying that, though, people are going to hear that and think about it, maybe for the first time, and they will withdraw their moral support, too. At least time. some of them. I mean, you know, it's, it takes a while to un, un, to peel the onion in That's one's own mind. That's all we can do. Yeah. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Give us a call. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. This is a free talk lies toll free call in line brought to you by SACL CAI. This is the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Stephanie. Not so many, uh, well, not so many live talk shows out there on a Sunday night. But Free Talk Live thinks it's important that you get live content, so we do it. We do it seven days a week, actually. Now that doesn't mean that. Stephanie works seven days a week. I work seven days a week. We have different hosts that work different times. But I have been doing seven you days do a week. You do work seven days a week, Mark. Right now I do. Um, the, we're, in matter of fact, we're on what appears to be day 26 of the Ian Freeman incarceration count up. Ian is our normal uh, t- first seat host. and um, yep, I visited know. Ian in jail today, actually. He uh, seems to be doing pretty well. Yep. He's, uh, He's working in the cafeteria. He's he said there are certain perks to working there. You get to take your own portions, so you maybe get a little more food than normal. And the other day, somebody apparently cooked bacon for the people that were working in the kitchen, but uh, apparently that was a big no no because then they got in trouble. No. Cooking bacon is bad. Yeah, yeah. If you enjoy it too much, I guess yeah, that's the issue. That's the issue. Let's go back and let's go into the calls. Um, we were talking about. Uh, uh, the, the military and um, some of their depredations uh, last hour. Let's mm-hmm. go to Ty in Tennessee. Ty? Hey, you guys are uh, on a subject that's that's very near and dear to my heart because I'm a I'm retired Navy myself. I, I spent 23 years in the Navy, wow. mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm very conflicted about it because you know uh, I felt that I was doing good in there. I thought that I was doing right, but. And to find out, you know, after I got out and really started looking at the history, you know, I eventually discovered things like uh, uh, General Smedley Butler's war as a racket and realized the truth of the situation. So mm-hmm. it's, I'm very conflicted about where I'm at, you know, uh, and what I've done in the past, although I don't think I've committed any atrocities. I was, I was a maintenance kind of guy, you know, I worked sure. on aircraft, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh, I don't. I think we're. You guys. You guys do a good job of it. I think of of confronting the real root of the problem. What I'm worried about is getting to a situation like with Vietnam, when, where the guys were being called baby killers yeah. and stuff like that, and being spat on. Yep. Yep. So because that doesn't. It doesn't forward the conversation. You know, like a, a baby killer is a person who kills babies, right? And I can see where somebody can get emotionally, uh, you know, uh, caught up. And by the way, I think there was a lot more spitting talked about in this scenario than there were actual hippies spitting on, uh, you know, military guys. I just, I think it's talked about. I think it's talked about far more. And this would, by the way, be the complaint of military supporters is that we're talking about we're talking about a small squad of guys that executed some kids um, in Iraq in 2006. Why not talk about all the great good and the stories? And they're out there of U.S. military people saving kids, saving dogs, um, you know, doing all these things. 
and, and these stories, they're they're out there. They're rife, no doubt. Um, that that's I true. I think those are probably exaggerated. Actually, oh, no, I, I I know I these these, these stories are true because you're just talking about the human experience. Uh. You know, and the human yeah, experience. The military is a cross section of our society, so you you basically, especially being voluntary, it's it's definitely a cross section of our society. So you've got some really good people, you know, which I was fortunate to work with a lot of really good people in the military. But there's some really bad people too, and the ones that are really bad, the ones that like killing, are the ones that get into those death squads. They enjoy that kind of a stuff, and they create that themselves themselves around. Um, I mean, they, I mean, try to imagine being the leader of one of those. How do you be the lieutenant or captain that's leading one of these, uh, you know, squads? How do you be the guy who offers a reward to the first person who gets a bayonet kill? Right, and, and this this happened. This is a this is a story that uh, I saw on the internet of uh, you know some some guy talking about how his uh, captain offered uh, the first person to get a bayonet kill in their little squad or whatever right. uh, a, a weekend furlough or something. And, but how do you motivate your men to kill without motivating your men to murder? And this is an incredibly difficult thing to do. If you're the guy who's in charge, you know, how do you do that? And that's what, that's what your job is. And it's, yeah, it, the, the, whole, the whole real root of the issue is we shouldn't be there. The United States that's really military it. should not be there. Yeah. And you if wouldn't have these atrocities there, if that occurred. Ca- causing blowback to ourselves. And we wouldn't have these issues. You know, those sick people would still be in, in society, but, but you have methods of dealing with them. They're finding, quote-unquote, legal outlets for their sadism, and it's, it's sickening. Well, you know, and oftentimes, an oftentimes, Ty, they come yeah. back and become police officers. That may be true, too. I don't know what, you know. You, the percentage is quite high. Really Go on. Oftentimes, but, Give the example. But, uh, uh, just some examples. You know, good things. You know, every time we pulled into port, we had the chaplain's office would, you know, have uh, things you could sign up to go, like, you know, work at, at the orphanage, you know, and help them, you know, paint their buildings and Neat. stuff like that. That's great. You know, really cool stuff. But also, like, there was one time on the ship I opened an email, and there was a video of a, uh, a Chechen rebel getting his head cut off by uh, some guy in a Russian military. And it sickened me. And I... I was sitting in the office with, with the lieutenant commander, and I told the lieutenant commander, I said, man, it's just so sick. I can't believe it. You know, there's things you can see. You, once you've seen them, you can't unsee it. Sure. It yeah. really disturbed me. And he goes, yeah, but you know, the, what's really disturbing is that there's people out there, even on this ship, that will find that amusing. And that there was is... another lieutenant from yeah. another department that sat kind of catacorned to him that was on the phone. And when he got off the phone, he said, well, what are you talking about? And Lieutenant Commander told him, he says, oh, this thing about that Cheshire rebel that got his head cut off. And that lieutenant goes, oh, isn't that cool? No, that's not cool at all. There's people, I mean, me and the Lieutenant Commander just looked at each other like, wow, right here, you know, two out of three people, there's one guy like that. Like, oh, my God. You know, it's horrible. You know, I I can see how... So there have been times when I've seen like a, a dead thing on the side of the road, right? And I've looked at it and tried to identify the parts and stuff like that. I have uh, processed chickens relatively recently here, and you know I look at the parts and I think it's neat. Uh, you know, so I, I can you can look dispassionately at something like this. At the same time. You know, I mean, like it's there's these there's these different worlds that you can um, from which you can view this, and I think it's 
healthy and okay to look at it from different worlds. I think it's unhealthy to be unable to look at it from different worlds. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, I'm just I'm like I said, I'm still kind of going through inner yeah. conflict about oh, yeah. how to approach it because I still got a lot of friends that are active duty, you know. Sure. And uh, I post on Facebook a lot of you know anti-war things, and I get some guys come you know coming back like I'm crazy. I've had a couple of people who actually unfriend me that were friends have. of mine in, in the Navy, but but uh, some of them are like you know liking some of the things that I post and getting into conversations. So. You know, I think all things will work out. But that seems man, to just, be the uh, best way to approach it, I would think. And and also to the, the, go ahead, Ty. Yeah, the empathy idea, the self empathy, is I think a very important thing. You know, uh, I just have to kind of like realize that you know I got into it with what I thought was a noble thing. You know, and yeah, but the reason I really did get into it was. Because it was economic, you know, I joined it yes. in the in the middle of an yeah. economic downturn. And I so wish that, that you people know, that happens; these guys join. I wish that people would confront that in their own minds some more, instead of you know saluting and saying "thank you for your service" while one small tear rolls down their cheek because these brave men are sacrificing all to give us freedom. Instead, they'd say to themselves, to some extent, "You're talking about, hey, look." These are 18-year-old kids whose, you know, these were their options that they felt they had. If they felt they had a better option, they would have gone someplace else. And the reason that these options look so attractive, the United States military versus, say, McDonald's, is because of the, your tax dollars that you're forced to pay. And well, that's Mark, you know, what it comes down to. You, you said something that really hit the core with me again. I have a lot of people, you know, when they find out that I'm retired military, they'll automatically say, oh, thank you for your service. Well, number one, they don't know what my service was. And number two, if I was in the military to preserve our freedoms, I failed. Look at the TSA. Look at the police state that's built up around here. Yep. The freedom has diminished. It's true. So I failed. Please don't thank me for my service. Thank you, Ty. Appreciate the call. I didn't do it. 855-450-3733. You know who I thank for their service? Truck drivers, working men and uh, women in America that make this country run. That's who I thank for for my for their service. Well, they're also getting paid for Indeed, it. Indeed, <laughs> but I still thank them. <laughs> Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line at 855-450-3733. You know, you're hearing a lot of ads for gold out there. Um, you know, it, I, I think that gold and silver are both good places to put your money right now. I believe they're on their way up, and that's, a, you know, that's where you want to be if something's on its way up. We have, uh, here on Free Talk Live, teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you some really great prices. By great prices, I mean, I believe that there's some of the best rates on gold on the Internet that you can get. Go to gold.freetalklive.com. Check out what I have picked out there. Uh, these are pieces that you can comparison shop in a lot of cases against other pieces. That way you can have them, you know, the gold in your hands. You don't want to have it stored someplace else offsite away from you. At the very least, you know, have it in a bank that you know where it is <laughs> rather than uh, some organization that can get, uh, you know, that would just turn it right over to the government for you. It's gold.freetalklive.com. All different kinds there for you to pick from. Gold.freetalklive.com. 
And let's go to Vince in Indiana. Vince? Uh, hello? Hello, Vince. Yes, that's me. Um, I get a kick out of a lot of people, you know, they're, you know, you're talking earlier about the slavery and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, humans are the most, you know, the cruelest people on, on this planet. Cruel? Just think of World War One. Right, you're saying cruel? A lot of people think, yes, I said cruel. Okay. I mean, inhuman. Yep. I mean, Hitler convinced everybody that the Jews were evil. And the men were tattooed, and the women were branded like with hot irons. In some cases, but yeah. Still a lot, but there's still a lot of people who believe that the Holocaust never happened. In Vietnam, you know, they were, the soldiers are called baby killers. A lot of those children were, you know, had plastic explosives on them. They could, they run up to guys, hey, Mr. Soldier, pull the detonator, and they'll bang all And I wouldn't so, doubt hey. that for a second. But one really has to ask, the, uh, the second question is, how many of those kids ran up to that soldier because the last soldier gave him a piece of candy, and they wanted a piece of candy, and the so- soldier shot them because he'd heard a story about such things yeah. happening. And that happened, I'm sure that happened too, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. There are even uh, soldiers who cut off the ears and cut out the tongues of yep. living Viet Cong soldiers as trophies. Uh, and, and maybe people they well, just consider to be Viet Cong soldiers. Yeah. And that happened in Iraq, too. I mean, it's not. it happens yeah. in every war. People just are viewed as, human beings are viewed as a collection of parts, as something that's not human. And I think that yeah. maybe calling them baby killers and all that kind of stuff maybe misses the point a little bit. Like the Like, the point is not so much... I think that we should focus on not not judging them so much, but like so many of those people probably need help because they have PTSD and they've seen horrible things and they need some kind of support, empathy, understanding, compassion, that kind of thing. I mean, they, you know, they may they may have engaged in things that were very harmful, but we can really. Yeah. yeah, Sorry, Vince. Go ahead. Yeah, I've studied the. New t- the King James Version, Old, Old and New Testament of the Bible, the Quran and the Torah. Uh-huh. We all talk to the same spirit. The Muslims talk to the, talk to the same guy we do, just in a slightly different fashion. But everybody hates Muslims because they bombed us. That's only 1% of the Muslims. If the that, right? Point, <laughs> huh? If that, right? <laughs> Less than 1%. Yeah, yeah and some yeah, people don't one, talk to any spirit. 99.999% of Jesus may want to be left alone. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, it's a it's a real us them situation and uh you know, it's how how does one get past that when that's kind of how you're taught? I mean, when when you put school kids up in in public schools and you tell them every single day we're going to say a pledge to this flag, clearly to some extent you're saying the people that don't say the pledge to that flag are the bad ones. At yeah. least they're the out group. Yeah. But I think that talking about it and thinking about it and bringing these things yeah. to the forefront of our consciousness is the only way that we can begin to dismantle them and get rid yeah. of that in-group, out-group mentality. And a, lot of, a lot of this stuff is, you know, humans are supposed to be intelligent, but the way the news is spoken and all this other stuff, we're taught to hate everybody. Hate is actually fear. Yes, yeah, sure. And fear is a waste of time. Yep. Vince, thank you for the insightful comments here. I really appreciate your call this evening. Thank you. 855-450-3733. I absolutely agree that fear, that hate is fear. Yeah, hate, you know, hate it, is it's fear. Just... And fear doesn't necessarily, fear, fear isn't always helpful. I mean, but it has to be dealt with. It has to be mm-hmm. somehow 
processed, I guess is what you can say. But I mean, and like we said, realizing that it's fear, realizing that hate is a version of fear and thinking about that fear and where it comes from and maybe does it make sense is a good step to getting rid of it and getting past it. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I think about people that, that think, you know, we well, you know, what I, we suggest to bring the military home out of all 130 nations it is it's in around the world and just put it inside the U.S. borders. Obviously, that could, wouldn't work entirely with the Navy. But, um, you know, you're talking about the Army. Get out of all these foreign countries. Some people say, well, what about our place in the world? What our place is the empire? Well, we enjoy benefits because of that place. And like, what benefit? What benefit does the average United States taxpayer uh, uh, receive because the U.S. military is in 131 nations? Plus, its navy is all over the world, keeping the shipping lanes clear and all that. I can other think stuff. of some detriments. That right. We you know, why should the United States taxpayer pay to keep order in these other countries? Shouldn't I mean it's it's a bad enough we have to pay to keep order in our own and and. Uh, is put, is even order being kept? Right. I, I don't think it's too orderly to have families being killed and people's body parts being collected as trophies and, and unmanned drones bombing and killing people. This is how order is kept. That this, seems you know, like chaos to me. And indeed, I mean, you know, that's the, the government offers order and, and delivers chaos in a lot of ways. Um, there's no doubt about it. Well, in so many instances, they do the opposite of what they purport to do or claim that they want. It's just doublespeak. It's like yeah. George Orwell. It's keeping you safe as long as it's not you that they're coming after for whatever reason. And anybody who's been in the TSA line where one of those TSA agents has turned on them knows that, you know, the government, the government's eye can fall upon you at any time. Yeah. And are they Even keeping you safe? Even if you're completely safe? innocent. Yeah. You know, by, you know, feeling your wife up and uh, sticking their hand in your daughter's crotch, that's keeping you safe? I don't think it is. I think it's just more make work programs for government bureaucrats well i mean they they don't publish their results so this is hard to say but it always gets leaked that their own testing squads who test the tsa show that they're not very effective at all they would miss weapons they miss bombs they miss they miss um the ones the tests that i've seen they're missing 70 80 percent in some cases 100 percent the new um backscatter machines they had uh, some gal test them in in dallas and that leaked that um, she she tested five different machines in the same airport and got through with a handgun in her waist five times yeah that shows you how these backscatter machines which are supposed to be so great just aren't working i mean it's not the same guy sleeping at the wheel if people had an actual choice about whether or not to pay for this service in quotes or if there were another company that might provide security services I don't think the TSA would be around much longer well, if they so, had any kind of accountability, you know, the TSA. There, there are actually a few airports where they have private security that is uh, certified by the TSA. And yeah, but they have to follow all the same TSA rules and procedures. It's true. But at the same time, um, that's how they get the certification by the TSA. But at the same time, the TSA doesn't want people to uh, airports to be able to opt out and try other security. So they've actually discouraged this activity, even though it's in their own little rules. Yeah. That's how the government works. It's a monopoly. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Got any comments on that? Love to hear it.
Free Talk Live, 855-453. SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. It's uh, the live Sunday edition. Mark with you. And Stephanie. Thanks for joining us here on uh, one of the few live nationally syndicated radio programs in America. And what is SACL CAI, you ask? You know, the phone lines are brought to you by SACL CAI. Who is SACL CAI? SACL CAI is a company owned by Jason Osborne. He is a big supporter of Free Talk Live, our longest, one of our longest running uh, advertisers. And, you know, he runs a company that handles collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. If you need to try something new in the area of, uh, of accounts receivable for your company, SACL CAI is a, uh, is a good Good one to try. They they have a whole different way of doing collections than most companies. They treat your customer with re- respect because they know that how they do their job reflects on you and your business. SACL CAI, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top one on the right-hand side of the page. Now, I've guessed and surmised but never confirmed. Is CAI Collection Associates, Inc. or something it's like something that? something just like that, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, it, they, Little they known fact. They actually <laughs> merged two types of companies, ones that do things like, um, you know, uh, handling accounts receivable and another one that did collections into one company. Ah, so there you go. Makes sense. Since we're talking about freetalklive.com, check out news.freetalklive.com. It is a way for you to find out all the new things that are happening with Free Talk Live. You can get emailed updates, find out about our Twitter, our Facebook, all these things at news.freetalklive.com. So, Stephanie, I have a story that I've been saving just for you. Awesome. And this I can't is, wait to hear it. This is a I way, have no idea what this is. No, I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> this is a way to I don't like to share those things. I want I want your genuine um you know reactions. I don't want, you know, you to have heard about it off the air and then mm-hmm. we'll talk about it and you can pretend like you hadn't heard. Yeah, it just doesn't work as well. Yep. So I you know, um we have talked about sort of political correctness here in the past and um I I, I want to talk about it a little more. This is from SentinelSource.com, our local newspaper here. Um, It's actually from Los Angeles, I guess. Andrea Chang, Los Angeles Times, wrote this. J.C. Penney's has stopped selling a shirt after shoppers expressed outrage over what they called an inappropriate sexist message. Hmm. I'm too pretty to do homework, so my brother has to do it for me, says the white long-sleeve shirt, which is intended for girls 7 to 16. Many people quick... Pretty to do homework. So, so my, my brother, brother has, has to, to do, do it, it for me. For me. Many it's people quickly weird. attacked the company for promoting girls' uh, looks over their brains. It didn't uh, help that the shirt also said that a boy could handle the, the task. Uh, the description uh, accompanying the shirt also was offensive to many. Who has time for homework when there's uh, a new Justin Bieber album out? She'll love this uh, tea that's just as cute and sassy as she is. Uh, apparently, this is comments uh, on the, uh, the website or something that they've gotten this from. Another, per- oh. another uh, Sarah says, uh, I guess it's from their Twitter account. This shirt is insulting and offensive. Stop perpetuating negative and harmful stereotypes is what Sarah says. Um, T- Tamara says, baby girls can be pretty and smart. And if you're neither, that's okay, too. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> says uh, Tamara. <laughs> and, you know, I get the outrage that's here with the shirt. Um, so what do you think about it? I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that message. So I think that people should be able to sell whatever kind of shirt they want. Um, I also think that people should be able to give their feedback to those people and, mm-hmm. you know, stop doing business with them if they wish. I have no problem with anything that's occurred in here. This just kind of brought to my mind political correctness and how it it, it eviscerates and es- destroys the language. The, f- the first thing I thought of when you read the slogan was, okay, 
what if we turned it around? What if there was a shirt meant for boys that said something like, I'm too athletic to do homework, so my sister has to do it for me. There was actually a case, and I can't remember which company it was. It might have been JCPenney's, but there was a story about it, and they kept the shirt where it said, boys are dumb, throw rocks at them. And it was a girl's shirt. And this is what it said. Okay, I don't like that either. Indeed, indeed, I I didn't like it either. But it does go, it speaks to the way the the conversation went out about there is there's this, there's this zeitgeist and it's subtle, but it's, uh, but, but it is true and it's perpetuated is that it's okay to say, uh, bad things about boys or guys and it's not okay to say them about women. It's okay to say them about Especially the the ruling class, if that ruling class is white males uh, between the ages of uh, 25 to 54 or whatever, you know, this group is. It's okay to disparage that group, but it's not okay to disparage other groups. And it's interesting to me to look at that. It doesn't really particularly bother me because I don't care. But I I don't like it. Yes, I think it's true that white males or white Christian males and that kind of thing do enjoy certain privileges in society. There's really no doubt about that. Sort of sociologically, but not yeah. uh, as, as much institutionally as it used to be. Uh, yeah, that's changing, I think, for sure. But there, it's still just sort of a sociological thing. Um, you know, These things take a long time to change, sadly, yep. um, to where people would really be considered sort of, uh, you know, fairly, freely uh, to have all, all of all all to have rights that are equal um, before the law. I don't think people actually are equal. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, but but I do think they should be treated equally. Yeah. Um, well, the, of course, people aren't the same. Right. Right. But yes, they should be treated equally and all have respect for everyone's natural rights, which is why I don't like the fact that some people, like I said, I think that there are, there is a certain amount of privilege for some groups in society, especially straight people. That's the one that I don't think is equal before the law. It I isn't. Mean, gender has gay people become are not, better. Are not, not Race equal. has become yeah. better. Gay people are still not equal. And that's a, that's unfortunate. But gay is getting better, too. Um, I, I think that it should be. Yeah, in some ways it's getting better. I think the law should um, really just leave marriage alone and then you wouldn't have any really any more issues um, as yeah. far as it goes. Uh, you know, as far as the military, they're they're getting they're doing their best. They're moving forward, um, uh, representing or uh, letting letting gays be equal. Not that I really care that much about the military. Right. Um, well, you know. I mean, back to the, the original um, topic, you know, there is a certain amount of privilege for some people in society, but I don't like any statement that attacks another group of people based on gender, race, whatever. I mean, this is a whether it's men or women really, or like, whites or whatever. I mean, it's... Well, in this case, you're talking about... Uh, this would be, a, a, assumably, be a, um, a, a shirt that a girl would willingly wear. So yep. it's not an attack. It's just saying, I'm pretty. I don't have to... You know, and, and frankly, it's a true statement. There's nothing in the world... Uh, you know, there's no experience in the world that's the same as being an attractive woman. Uh, you know, it's a different kind of world in which attractive women tend... I'm not saying they always do tend to live in. They don't get nose as often. They don't get, um, you know, just they, they don't get treated. They'll get deference in so many situations <laughs> that life seems easy. And where in, in some ways it's easy. Yes. And I are I you am speaking the, as a beautiful woman. Well, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> People can judge for themselves whether you're a think, beautiful woman. Oh, thank you very much. But <laughs> but you have but a, I you have, have an experience. Yes, I have an experience. And that experience is that I've been on both sides of yep. this coin. I was fat for most of my life. I was yep. obese. 
And I was treated, and then I lost a bunch of weight, almost you know, 75 pounds, and became much more beautiful yep. in most people's eyes, mm-hmm. even though I was still the same person. Yep. And so I was treated so differently. I mean, yes. people would give me things for free. Yes. People would hit on me. People yes. would, everybody wanted to this talk to me. This is all I want to talk. This is all I'm trying to say is that, you know, as a, but, an attractive male, and but, I'll say I am one, it doesn't work that way. I mean, women aren't throwing themselves at me and giving things to me because I'm an attractive male. They will do that. Men will do that for women. It's the sort of, it is the way that women are wooed. And yeah, it's that's just a cultural okay. thing. It's women it's are cultural. supposed to be pursued, yeah. right? And that has its own problems. But the thing is, in some ways, life is easier because you do get a lot of attention, yep. a lot of um, respect and stuff like that. But in some ways, it's more difficult because sometimes, for instance, people would not take me seriously in science, which was the profession mm. that I was in. They would say, oh, she's too attractive. There's no way she could be a good scientist yep. because she's too attractive yep. or, see it. or whatever. She can't be intelligent. Yep. She can't be intelligent because pretty and intelligent women don't exist. And those were the things that bothered me, and they did happen. You look like the girl that they would put in the lab in Hollywood, right? Like <laughs> they'd give her a specially ta- tailored white jacket that showed off her features and stuff. I mean, it's totally true. You're, you, know, you are all of these things, and it, it seems stereotypically uh, like a non sequitur in people's minds, and I, I get that. Yeah. I've got a lot more I want to talk yeah, about on definitely. this. Um, you could give us a call. What do you think about political correctness and uh, women and uh, men's gender roles? 855-450-3. Free Talk Live, 855-453. Sacral toll-free call in line here on Free Talk Live's Live Sunday edition. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. You know, we talk about freedom here on Free Talk Live, and a lot of people say, well, you know, it's all well and good, but how do you get there? How do you get from here to more freedom? And it's not an easy question to answer. We've come up with one answer on Free Talk Live. That answer is the Free State Project. You can go to freestateproject.org, find out what we signed up for, and we moved, in fact, uh, everybody here in this room is a mover for the Free State Project. Stephanie? Yes. Yeah, yeah I moved in 2006 from Massachusetts, and I'm so glad I did. <laughs> and it's it's a project to move 20,000 liberty-loving individuals to one state so they can have an effect on that uh, state's government in order to return that government, if if it was ever in that uh, – if, if ever the government was <laughs> the size that it only protected life, liberty, and uh, property, that that would be its maximum role. Yep. And you can find out more by going to freestateproject.org. Please go there, sign up, and be a part of this amazing movement. Free State Project. If you can't Project. sign up right away, just join the mailing list. Become a friend. Friend mm-hmm. is an option. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, it says it's your intention to move. If you think it's a good idea, then it's your intention to move. Mm-hmm. Because if things get worse, and they will, <laughs> you will, cont- and this, and things get better here, and it seems like they're going to, then you're going to want to pick up and move to the place where things are better because freedom works. That's only an intention. If freedom doesn't work, I don't see any obligation to pick up and move. It's it's a question of how much better does New Hampshire have to be than other places for yeah. people to voluntarily want to move. And for me, 
it was already better than Massachusetts and it was such little effort for me to move. It was yeah. a convenient time in my life. So I just did it. But for some people, you know, maybe if they're moving from Hawaii. Mm. It, and it has happened. <laughs> and it does happen. You know, the community here is a big selling point. The high level of freedom that's already here is also a big selling point. But it's just going to keep getting better and better. And I think over time, it'll be a snowball effect where people will start noticing how New Hampshire is and they'll want to move here. So um, we were talking in the last segment about this uh, T-shirt that was being sold by J.C. Penney's that uh, yes. said something to the effect of, uh, I'm too pretty to do homework, so my brother has to do it for me. It was intended for girls between the ages of 7 and 16, and it's a white long-sleeved T-shirt. I'm sure it was a cute, sassy little T-shirt, and some girls probably liked it. Um, there, there was also a T-shirt in the recent past uh, that was uh, let's see, boys are dumb, throw rocks at them. So there's this interesting gender conversations that are going on out there. And Stephanie, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but we, you had a conversation with me on the air regarding um, using the term girls to refer to women. Yes, that was last week. It was it last week, great. Mm-hmm. And the and to me, this this strikes the chord of political correctness. And you know, for me. I was raised kind of, you know, my my grandmother had the girls over for bridge. And these Mm -hmm. are, you know, 70-year-old women. They're clearly not (laughs) girls. And it's not a disparaging remark when she refers to her friends as as girls. And, um, you know, so the really the statement to me, I guess, is, is it okay for me, a 40-year-old pompous ass uh, male talk show host, which is right. All those things are true. I'm not going (laughs) to deny that, you know. Um, uh, you know, my arrogance is, is nearly boundless. In fact, the I don't think that's true. I, I just hide it well so that you can, <laughs> so that I can then feed more arrogance into myself. It, it, it's all coping mechanisms. The so you know, really, is it okay for me to call you know, say someone in their uh, a woman in her twenties who's so, somewhere stepping out of girlhood into you want to know the real reason I said that, Mark? Go ahead. Because I've been thinking, I've been fascinated with feminism over the past year or, or so yeah ever since i started hosting she talk live which was the oh, yeah. old sunday edition of free talk live. i came up with it <laughs> several people claim to have came up with it i didn't come up with it but the you know the first thing people that i thought of calling it was girl talk live actually okay. and then you know ian and i talked about it and and we were like well you know girl it sounds kind of juvenile girl talk you know that kind of thing and mm-hmm. and so that was the first time i kind of thought about this and recently, um, there's a famous libertarian individualist feminist, Sharon Presley. She's also a psychology professor. She's a very smart woman, and she's into feminism. Mm-hmm. And I'm friends with her on Facebook. And I've seen her in several conversations say, you know, it. I don't like it when people use the term girl to refer to people who are clearly women, women right. yes. ad- adult women. And, and I get the point. When I, she said that, I started to think about it for the first time. Yeah, what do and I think about like, that statement? Wait a minute. Women in society are called girls chicks babes it's all like infantilizing them right and and men are never called boys you know there's no equivalent of chick or babe i guess you could say stud or hunk or something well, but that's not infantil you know infantilism well, uh, you know i i do think that they do um you know they'll say that that men's uh, men the difference between men and boys is the size of their toys you know that they spend more <laughs> money on uh you know just bigger toys and things like that and i think that there's something to be said and you know the boys night out and and you know the this it it 
it familiarizes, I think, um, in the language. It makes uh, it um, also takes the some of the the the, the danger out of it. It it uh, sanitizes to some extent the language, and you know takes out maybe the sexual component to some extent. Um, you know, not always, certainly, and not always. And you know, so I mean, there's different ways of looking at this. I get where she's coming from. I totally do. Mm-hmm. The conversation that I want to have is. Does political correctness eviscerate and soberize? I don't even know what term I want to use here. Uh, does it take the color and the, t- the Does interest? it take the life and, and, mm-hmm. and, and spontaneity out of language? And I don't know if that language is, it, is sexist in the first place. But, I mean, is, well, it, is, it, every, is it really good to have it sexist and colorful? I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but here's, here's one of my thoughts is, um, you know, reductum ad absurdum. Mm-hmm. If I were to say that you must refer to me as uh, Big Daddy Rhino Schwantz, and if you don't <laughs> refer to me as Big Daddy Rhino Schwantz, you hate me and everything that is about me and you're a bad person. Right? Well, like, Mark, I didn't say that no, last no, week. I just I, said... I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just... I'm having a conversation. I'm not trying to put you on trial, Stephanie. Okay. I really am not. Okay. I, I'm trying to have a conversation about political correctness and how... What is what does it do? Does it make our conversations better, less uh, combative? Does it um, you know make make it so communication is better, or does it make life? Does it take the the spice and the spontaneity out of life? I don't well, know. There these. are these people who refer to the good old days where you could say colored people and you know right. all these things like right. that. This, this is clearly an issue good. of degrees. It really is an <laughs> issue of degrees. I'm not saying that that um, you know that. You know, I should you should use the word broad on a regular basis. I don't think that that term really is that loaded. Uh, oh, I think it's so old that I it guess. doesn't really have Dame. that much. Isn't da- heard, didn't Dame used to be bad? I think Dame was a familiar term. I don't know. Uh, but I've heard people say that gal. I use gal on a regular basis yep. because to me it is the opposite of guy. Um, right. Guys and, and gals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and ma'am. I've heard people. People don't like being called ma'am because it's suggesting I'm old. Or, you know, mm. I mean, everybody's got their own thing. Thing. Well, and if and for instance, I've got my own thing, and it's Big Daddy Rhino Schwantz. And it, you know, if if I don't refer to <laughs> these, these people by their names that make them happy, then I am a bad person. And one of the things that's really brought home for me is I've got a, a friend that I talk to on a regular basis, a pretty good friend of mine. I haven't met him in real life. He's one of my internet friends, uh-huh. and. I'm, see, I'm doing it right now. He is switching to a she, and I've been calling him a he because the way it is is that. So this that is a transgendered she, person. Transgendered yeah. person. Okay. She has been changing her gender, and I haven't been getting. My my mind can't wrap itself around this. Right. To me, this person is a he when in fact he she is working to be a she. Right. And I can't even use the proper pronouns right now in talking about this. I don't hate this person. I don't dislike this person. This person is a friend of mine. Yeah, it can be irritating sometimes. I mean, life, that's how friendships are. I'm sure I feel he, she feels the same way about me at times too. But you know, I I'm going to call this person a friend and I don't do that to, to too many people on the internet. And I I get so frustrated with myself trying to come up with, and this wasn't my idea. This was foist upon me. She decided to change her gender from male to female, and now I've got to deal with the consequences of this, at least the consequences for me. She's had a lot more consequences oh, no doubt. to deal with no than doubt. you have, Mark. Absolutely. But do you understand I mean, those consequences aren't, don't hit me in my face? Yes. My consequences hit me in my face. Sure. Well, <laughs> and, look, look, okay. 
Big Daddy Rhino Schwanz. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, all you have to do. That I'm done. <laughs> so embarrassed, my face is turning red just I hearing that. I see that. I, I get that you. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you're feeling judged. Like like people are thinking you're a bad person if you make a mistake. I don't think about people are th- thinking that. I think that I am putting myself like I'm judging myself and then putting trying to come up with what I think is right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Well, um, it, I think that calling people by names that make them feel most comfortable if your goal is to communicate with them takes not that much effort and it can make such a big difference that it's really not that big of a deal. Are people that uh, are people that demand you call them a certain thing? Are they are they monopolizing your time? Are they forcing you to do things? Are they your slave masters? <laughs> Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It is the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live's Live Sunday edition, heading into the third hour. It is Mark with you. And Stephanie. We, um, in the uh, last hour, we were talking about this, uh, I guess, a conversation about a, a T-shirt uh, that, that had a sexist statement it's so on it. so much more than a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> brought us into a conversation sort of about political correctness and, and how one controls, about, uh, controls people with language. The T-shirt said, I'm too pretty to do homework, so my brother has to do it for me. Um, it was sold by... Uh, J.C. Penney's. They pulled it off their shelves. Um, you know, I'm sure they didn't even think about this, but it was intended for girls seven to sixteen, and you know, it created a bit of an uproar. And I just wonder how much do we attempt to control everyone through language? And if you can try to imagine, um, you know, for me, I can imagine this, uh, you know, pucker faced unhappy woman telling me every time I, um, you know, speak a sentence, no, no, you can't say this word, you have to say that word, and this word and that word, and this is kind of how political correctness goes. Now, at the same time, there's a lot to be said for political correctness. People will use the term that says, you know, I ought to be able to call black people colored, because darn it, they got the NAACP, and they call themselves colored. What's the big deal about coming calling somebody colored? Well, it's not like I'm calling them Negroes. You know, whatever the... You know, so there's there's a place for being gentle with people's feelings. There's also a point where one is controlling somebody else by making them speak in the way that you wish them to. Wouldn't you agree, Stephanie? Mm. I don't think anyone can make someone speak in a certain way. I mean, well, they, they can't. They can make use you. social they can, pressure. They, they use a great deal of pressure. Um, you know, sort of for this. Uh, you know, the third grade teacher telling you how you've got to do it. You well, can't you don't have say, a you don't have a choice about whether to go to third grade. No, you know, that it's much day is true. prison. I'm talking about the, <laughs> I'm talking about the experience of a person being like the third grade teacher. Um, actually, I had a really great uh, third grade teacher. Uh, you know, hello, well, Miss DeBoer. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Okay, so Big Daddy Rhino Schwantz. That's right. If, and you must call me Big Daddy Rhino Schwantz or you have harmed my feelings. <laughs> you're destroying my self-value and uh, you know, you're 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 speaking down to all uh, Big Daddy Rhino Schwantz's all over. And <laughs> look, I did I, by the I, way uh, look up uh, on YouTube uh, what a Rhino Schwantz might look like and there is a, a pro- it, it is an impressive video on YouTube. Yes, it's yeah. an amazing organ. So yeah, anyway, 
Okay. So if I had a friend or a significant other, let's say, who every time they talk to me, okay, here's an example from my own life. My name is Stephanie and sometimes people will call me Steph and I just don't like to be called Steph. I prefer Stephanie because to me, it it's always kind of seemed like I've experienced it in a lot of situations where it was like a false intimacy, like where... For instance, like a used a car salesman would call me Steph after first just meeting yeah, me sure. when I introduced myself to be as familiar. Stephanie. Yeah, yeah, and I I wasn't really keen on that, so I prefer to be called Stephanie. And sometimes someone will call me Steph. Now, if they call me Steph, I usually if they do it more than once, I'll say I prefer Stephanie. And a lot of times they'll say, "Oh, well, I didn't know that. That's yeah. fine." And then they'll never call me Steph again. And if they do it, if they slip up a couple times, I'm not going to get offended. I'm right, not going right. to. But if they made no effort, if they didn't care what I wanted to be called, if they wanted to call me, I don't know, random chick or something like mm-hmm. that, then I probably wouldn't want to be friends with them because you know they're really showing what do they, care about they don't me? care what I want to be called, right? right? And I could imagine being a transgendered person, and if Indeed. if somebody constantly, if I said, hey, I prefer to be called she, or I prefer to be called he or just my name, first name or whatever. And people kept calling me the thing that I didn't want to be called and not really caring what I wanted to be called. I could see how that would be a roadblock to having a close relationship. with Right. Them. And I'm dealing with this. A pretty good friend of mine is uh, trans transitioning from male to female. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, I'm, I'm getting used to using the terms she mm-hmm. and I wonder, you know, like I'm having such trouble by me getting used to. I mean, I'm yeah. failing miserably at I usually can get uh, you know, the, the name properly. And I'm not going to use it's, the name. It's here almost it's like fair. a different person. Like when someone transitions, it's almost like they're, they're really not the same person as they were. Understood. But I have not been able to get the pronouns right. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like sort of familiar terms. I'll, you know, get off the phone with her and say, thanks, brother. You know, and, you know, it's not my intention. Obviously, this is a friend of mine. It's not my intention to be mean to this person. I mean, what a cheap, nasty way to be mean. Yeah. You know, you go after you go after one of the the most vilified groups, uh, social groups in uh, the world. I mean, that's just a real cheap way to be to be mean. You may or may not feel certain ways about them from a religious standpoint, but. I, you know, I, I don't feel those same things that, you know, that religion to me is, uh, you know, I, I, I reject it. Mm-hmm. I want nothing to do with it. So, well, transgender it, isn't gay. I, I don't know any religion who really, um, is against transgendered folks. But some people will say that God defi- created you as a man. You're a man, and that's oh, just yeah. it. Um, so well. that's it's their interpretation of it. The Bible doesn't even say something like that. There's doesn't really definitely address transgendered a lot more issues. violence against transgendered people than there are against a lot of other groups. And you know, I think that. Mark, if you're trying, if you're really trying to, oh, excuse me, Big Daddy. See, David I failed. Reiner Schwanz, yeah. <laughs> if you're you really, if you're trying and making an effort to call people by what they, to address people how they want to be addressed, then I think they also sort of have a responsibility to be gracious towards you if you mess up once in a while, which inevitably people will. You know, sometimes, like, okay, for, here's another example. I work in medical field. And there are situations sometimes where I'm not sure if somebody wants to be called Dr. Such and Such or by their first name or by some other name. Right. So I just ask, 
How do you prefer to be addressed? I've got an additional problem because I am a Quaker Mm -hmm. and our religion sort of stipulates from a traditional standpoint that I just refer to you as your first and last name. Mm -hmm. Apparently, husbands and wives even did this in the the, the Quaker (laughs) subgroup at some point. There's somebody who calls me Stephanie Murphy and it's pretty funny. Let's let's go to Big Daddy Horseschwantz calling in from Minnesota. Yo, Big Daddy Rattleschwanz, good to hear you again. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Big Daddy Horseschwanz. Right, Big Daddy Horse in. sounds specific, uh, suspiciously like the puker. <laughs> How dare you suggest I am a caller of other names? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hey, sorry, Big I Daddy Horse. I to say, hey guys, oops, I probably shouldn't have said that, right? Because it's too familiar yeah. or something? You shouldn't say, hey guys, I mean, we're talking, you should say, hey humans. <laughs> yeah. People. Hey, you know, do you remember... Back when the hubbub about all the football teams' names and the fighting Cherokee, yeah, the, you know, and then they may, and and then some. And I hate to use these words, but I will because that's what everyone else remembers it by. A bunch of liberals were saying it's not nice to call these Indians by this name. How would you like it if we called you guys the Fighting Whiteys? And then they came out with a T-shirt with the Fighting Whiteys. And you know who sounds like the those tidy whiteys <laughs> conservatives no, the fighting the fighting whiteys <laughs> yeah the people who bought those t-shirts were all the people who liked the indian names and said, oh this is so cool and they bought tons of them because yeah. you know why it's no big deal and, and, and there actually are the fighting whiteys i mean you can look at the vikings the crusaders um i mean you know there's there's a long list of uh right, the knights um you i'm know. gonna play devil's advocate here because okay. the name that people were offended by was the redskins and i think that in some instances that was historically used as a derogatory sure. term for native americans and so it, it's kind of hard i think but uh, you know as a person who may not be a native american because there aren't very many of them around frankly I mean, think about what it would be like to be a Native American. And it's like calling a black football team the N-words, right? It's yeah. almost like that. Well, I don't think it's that bad uh, because... Maybe not, but it's along the same vein. It's a disparaging, it's a disparaging term, but and what, let's not I mean, forget... What does it really hurt someone to have the name of a, of a team that they like changed when it really helps to make other people feel more comfortable? I just don't... I think the Redskins are the single biggest, uh, you know, sort of, I can see why they're the ones that are most offensive to people. But for instance, the, the, I mean, lots of people went after things like the uh, Illini um, in, uh, in Illinois, the Florida Seminoles, the Florida State Seminoles, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the Florida, the Seminole Indians support the Florida State Seminoles, but other people propose that Florida State not have its, uh, you know, little character as a Seminole. Seminoles actually license their name and make money on it. They're happy to do that. They're happy to. Uh, Big Daddy uh, Horschwantz, please hold the line. We'll (laughs) bring you back here in a minute. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Talk Live, 855-453. Sacral toll-free call in line. Give us your opinion on, well, whatever we've been talking about here, whatever you want to talk about. You know that smoking's not good for you from a health standpoint. You've probably been thinking about the e-cigarette, seeing people using them and try thought about trying them yourself. Check out this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. Vaporsmiths.com makes one of the best-made 
quality e-cigarettes on the market. A lot of them are put together in chintzy. They're, they're kind of light, and you can <laughs> tell that they're uh, not put together in a very good fashion. They're going to break. And when one of these things breaks on you, well, that's an inconvenient because you've gotten used to using it. You can imagine it's like not being able to go out and buy your cigarettes. So it's good, important to have a good one. Go to Vaporsmiths.com because a pack-a-day smoker will save about $120 a month just from the get-go. So you already start being richer, feeling better, smelling better immediately. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cardamizers with the coupon code FTL. FTL is in Free Talk Live. And since the order is more than $60, about $69.99, you'll get free shipping. So that's free shipping and a free starter kit by going to Vaporsmiths.com. You can do it today. And, you know... (laughs) There's no better time to to start quitting smoking. It's not like this is going to be as difficult as the other quittings you've done. Now you'll have something to supply you the nicotine, just like you have been before. And this is better technology. It's better for you. Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. No more going out in the cold or the rain to smoke. 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Vaporsmiths.com. Let's go back to Big Daddy Horse Schwantz. Big Daddy? Rhino, Rhino, I'm here. Or shall I say Manwich? Stephanie, i got a question for you. Sure. Do you think it's more insulting to call a woman a girl or to call a man a boy? I mean, of course, without, without any sort of, you know, insult in the tone of voice or just in passing conversation, hey, let's go out with the boys over there, you know. Let's go out the girls over there. I mean, is, do you think it's more insulting to refer to a group of women as girls than a group of men as boys? Um, I have trouble answering that question because it probably depends on who's listening, right, and who perceives it. I would say that it's more insulting to call men boys than it is women girls. I don't, I don't really know. And I guess, I don't know, Stephanie, I'm just kind of wondering how, why is this such a big deal? Obviously, you're not. Girls, just like I'm not a boy, but I have no problem being called a boy. It's like, well, there I'm is actor, a gender you know. double standard, you know, in society that it's common for adult women to be called girls, and it's not common for adult men to be called boys, right? But that's a compliment, as common. I think. Well, I don't know saying, if it's a compliment. You know, they're, they're being nice. They're saying the girls, so that we don't <sighs> insult their age. We want to <laughs> the middle-aged women, the middle-aged frumpy women exactly. and moo-moos over there. Yeah, I mean, we want to err on the side of complimenting them on their youthful appearance, even if they're old hags. Hey, girls, how's it going? You know, and boy, I don't know. I think there's a lot of about nothing here. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you're a man caller, so you know you can. You haven't really experienced this. I kind of agree with you that it sounds like maybe not a big deal when you're looking at that one isolated word, but you can't deny that there is sexism present in language. I mean, look at the, you know, the default pronoun for many years. This is kind of changing now because they is being accepted as a gender neutral pronoun. Yeah. But it used to be that you would say he uh, if a person does something, he should do this. You know, it's mm-hmm. it was never she until very recently. And, and this is true, by the way, um, in animals, too. You generally call, um, you know, all dogs are dogs. Mm-hmm. But. Male dogs are dogs and female dogs are bitches. And right. this is, you know, so this is, it's interesting and it depends on how one wishes to look at the language. Mm-hmm. I mean, one could look at it that women have a special word just for them, but men have to share their word, he, with women. So you can say that, you know, you're special 
I mean, it's just it's one. It's how one chooses to look at the language, yeah, right? Like, look, look at mankind. You know, one can say <laughs> that women have it. Uh, you know, have their own special word, womankind, as opposed to men who have to share their word. But when you're talking about everyone, mankind God. is supposed to you mean everyone, and you never yeah, hear womankind. You know, it's it's just like when you're a woman and you get used to hearing language where women are constantly either ignored. Um, trivialized or their gender double standards, you know, that kind of eh, can be a little bit bothersome. That's all I'm saying. I, I would agree that, you know, the the whole mankind he is a traditional thing that, you know, going out. But I think it's a different, completely different argument from women being called girls and taking offense at that um, and boys being men being called boys and, you know, Taking offense at that, I think it's a, sort of a different argument. I mean, a different subject. Well, you know, I guess I get. I I brought this up last week on last week's show, and I brought it up in a way that was really. I don't think I was being a a you know mean feminazi or anything. All I said was, you know, Mark was repeatedly saying girls to mean adult women, and I said, "Hey, are they really girls? Maybe you could call them women." and I would prefer it. I didn't say, I'm going to quit Free Talk Live if you don't start calling it women <laughs> right now, mister. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not making it a huge deal. When, I'm when just you say saying, mister, well, it, it hurts me. Though. You should say Big Daddy Rhinos <laughs> once. I've heard this for about four weeks, Stephanie. <laughs> I've heard you bring it up many, many times. It just seems like it, like, let's dig deep. Let's do some pork therapy here now. What What is it, Stephanie? Are you feeling, like, not respected by the liberty community or something? Is that it? Or do you have some childhood issues where you weren't, you know, where you were called a child for too long? Or You know, I think, <laughs> I think you're kind of trying to, uh, <laughs> I don't know, embarrass me or something like that. And I don't really appreciate that. It's well, I'm, it, I'm just telling people what and this hold on feels this more is comfortable. what for me is what it all comes down to <laughs> is like I think humor is such an important aspect of the language and if we're so careful with our language you can never be funny yes when you're funny you're gonna stick your foot way the heck down your throat sometimes because you're gonna say something that's not appropriate um but at the same time i think that there needs to be sort of some elasticity in this i i don't know what the right answer is i'm not claiming to know what the right answer is but i i all wonder... i did was express a preference yep that's all i did and i i, I it's didn't not just this. end my relationship it's with not you not just this <laughs> it's my feeling on political correctness in general and i'm not pointing at you in this particular instance this is you know i i want to talk to you about it because clearly you have an idea that's somewhat different than mine what can i glean from that what can i learn how can i edify myself but mm -hmm. i i feel like i also need to protect this area in me that's kind of funny and you know has uh, spice in the language and and variety and things like that and i don't know what the answer is it kind of comes another situation here, and I, 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 I'm drawing a parallel here, Stephanie. Maybe you can say, oh, yes, I remember, but maybe not. Um, remember when you said a while ago that there was a guy at Porkfest who said something that was, hey, what are you doing? Where are you staying? Can I stay with you in your tent? No, 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 no. He said, 
Well, we'll come back to this, but it was much more threatening than that. It I'm was gonna, not just what are you doing. It was. I'm going to have to let uh, Big Daddy Horshwants go here. We've got. Oh, to I other want to hear what he has to say. <laughs> I gotta go. Okay. <laughs> it's gotta get to other people. Free Talk Live eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Talk Live, 855-453. This is Sakel Toll-Free Call in Line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. And, you know, I've got this uh, this page over at LearnLiberty.org slash FTL where I've been sort of uploading different videos that I think are important and that show the ideas of liberty in a uh, succinct and powerful manner. And I think of all the videos... The most powerful one of them is Professor, Professor Anthony Davies illustrating the size of the U.S. federal government's debt and unfunded obligations. It's a minute-long video, and I would love to see everybody listening to the sound of my voice upload this to their, their YouTube – or their, their Facebook, excuse me, so that people can see it. It's actually on YouTube. Um, up to their Facebook so that people can see this amazing video. It already has hundreds of thousands of views, but – it needs a lot more. Americans really need to see the the magnitude of this this uh, the, the debt as it exists um, here in the United States. Go check it out. LearnLiberty.org/ftl. When you're there, check out the Liberty Academy link on the right. It's a course for people who want continuing it online, free education in economics, rights, liberty, and philosophy. It's LearnLiberty.org/ftl. And this is Mark with you. And Stephanie. Let's go to David in New Hampshire. David? Hello. Hey, David. Hey, David. Hello. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, I can see Stephanie's point, but I can also see about political correctness. But I was going to say something about Stephanie's point. And yes. it, I think, I think um, well, obviously there's a history of women being treated as lesser than. Just as now, when when you were mentioning earlier about the um, fighting whiteies or whatever they were, yes, that's this not was... the same. That's not the same at all because white people haven't been treated as lesser than, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So, so it's not the same. Well, I think that if you're talking about the Redskins, I think we're talking about the Redskins here and whether or not they should uh, change their name or should have changed their name. I frankly yeah. don't know if the Red- Redskins have changed their name. And yeah. I'm an ethnic conservative. I don't believe anything should ever change from um, whatever it is that I think is uh, right. I mean, I, you know, what, what my experience is, I don't like new covers of old songs. I mean, I'm just that way. I don't like change. So I immediately go, like, no, no, I, I say to myself. <laughs> but I think that you know, there's a case to be made for the Redskins. It does sound it's a certainly a somewhat insulting term. I've heard it used on movies in an insulting way. And what's that? I'd get rid of that that name for that team, and if, if I was if I was king, it'd be gone. Yeah, I, I, gone I, a I, long time ago. I can see I can see that particular one. I would want to talk to some people that would call themselves American Indians about that and what they think about it before I made that particular decision. But I can see it on that one. However, 
that doesn't address the Braves. It doesn't address the Seminoles. It doesn't address the Illini. It doesn't address so many of the other uh, the Apaches or whatever it is that people may um, you know call their particular school, whether or college or pro team or whatever it is. I don't think that those terms, if those terms are accurate, accurate like. Comanche or Braves are no more bad than Vikings or Crusaders, which are terms that are also used, and nobody has anything to say about those. Redskins, I got gotcha. you. I mean, I, I can I can see it. Yep, yep. Well, I was just pointing that out. Just I think I can understand like the boy and the and the girl. I don't know. I just women have been treated as lesser than so. Sure. They have. They have. It's more. It's more valid of a protest, obviously. Yeah, thank you, David. Definitely. I appreciate that. And I noticed that the person, thank you, David. you know, the the person who thank called in the Big Daddy Horse wants, you know, was seemed to be really um, upset about the about you know certain women wanting to be addressed a certain way. And he's a man; he hasn't experienced what women have experienced. Hearing these, you know mankind and girls and chicks and babies. I think that people make um, assumptions about men, too. There are different assumptions, but one knows what it's like to live in a world where assumptions are made. I mean, you know, I've I've heard women assume that I am sexually attracted to them because I'm male. Um, you know, that it treat me as though I am a, um, I'm barely able to control myself in public situations because... Uh, and you that's know, not fair either. That's not fair. That's not fair. But it doesn't, you know, is all I consider is that person's a prick or whatever. You know, they're not a very nice person and maybe over time they'll change their mind and maybe they won't and I'm not going to you know I'm not going to get bent all out of shape about it. I I think that you know I mean I I, I don't know. I, I it, it would take quite a lot for me to say all right look sister this is how what you're saying is all messed up and it's not very nice. You know for me to really hop up on a uh, soapbox and and let her have it I'd probably just draw whatever conclusions I drew in my own mind and keep it to myself. Let's go to uh, Dave in South Bend, Indiana. Dave? Hello. Hello. Hello, it's Dave. <laughs> Hello, Dave. You're on the air. I, um, just, I, I go back to the name issue. Uh, I, I think each individual ought to have, everybody ought to respect that individual for he, she, what? Are we going to get down to where everybody got to say, oh, you're just a human being? You're no longer he, she, it, or what? Um like I say, I, my son was, we named him Mitchell, and, and we he wanted to be called Mitchell. We were offended when people, even his grandmother or aunts and uncles, say, Mitch, Mitch. Well, we were like, hey, it's Mitchell, it's Mitchell. Respect him for, that's what he wants to be called. Mm-hmm. My sister, Charlene, she likes to be called Aunt Charlie. Respect that person for what they want to be called. I'm Dave. Uh, Dave, David, I'm okay with either or. Davey, mm-hmm. I, uh, Davey, I you know, but... Every individual, I, I guess society doesn't need to get to the point where they're, um, all right, now we're just going to call everybody human beings. No, he, she, it, but whatever. I mean, it, it's a pretty sad world we live in when we got to get down to um, calling call each other, I, I, I guess I'm... Well, if I could jump in here, I, I like the idea of... Call, I like the idea of addressing people how they want to be addressed because it shows that you and, and care. I agree with you I mean <laughs> but I even have people ask me do you go by Dave or David mm-hmm. hey I'm, I'm okay with either one mm-hmm. I'm, 
But but if I were to say, hey, I'd like to be called David, and then somebody says, Dave, well, I'd like to be called David. You know, respect me for that. Yeah, I, that's I, what I like to be called. I'm not going to get in somebody's face, hey, that's my name, David. Don't call me Dave. I, I, right. You know. It, Okay, so, you know, and the other side of this is which what I'm trying to discuss here, and I'm not saying that I, I, I don't claim to have the answer on this one. My concern is is that the language is being stultified by this, uh, by political correctness and, and people's oversensitivity to names. So if, for instance, I'm, hey, I'm talking to you and I call you, hey, Dave and Ada, right, or, or, or the Dave man or whatever, I, you know, I think that, you know, people are trying to create uh, – connections and relationships. And- a, lot, a lot of it might be, too, if I can interrupt, but a lot of yeah. it might be that's their way of remembering your name. Yep, sure. Which I can understand. Yep. So, I, but, I, but I, when, I, you, when you tell them, please, I, I would just soon be called David. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right, know, I mean, you know. <laughs> there's, there are different degrees of this. I don't have right answer for it either. No. There are definitely but different I, degrees. I when I meet somebody, I try to remember their name. And and I even asked, do you like to be called Jim or James, Larry or Lawrence? But, you know, there's there's no I, I don't feel there's any right way. Uh, but but when I when I am told that hey, I like to be called Jim, not Jimmy, not James, I like to be addressed as Jim. You know what? I'm going to call that person Jim. You know, I, I respect them for that sort. Of, I'm not going to shorten it up or hey Jimmy. You know, I I don't respect for that person. And I, but I wonder how much um, the, the language can be made clumsy by this. I mean, if, for instance, I said, I would prefer that uh, you refer to me as Mr. Edge. And I tried to come up with the reductum ad absurdum here by coming up with the uh, Big Daddy Rhino Schwantz thing. And, you know, I just wonder, you know, do I create barriers? Um, do I make it difficult for people to communicate with me? And are, what, is the, what is happening to the language when everybody gets their little piece of how they're going to control how I speak? Dave, I really, right. Dave, David, the Davenator, I really appreciate your call. <laughs> what happens Live. to the language? People feel more comfortable? 855-450-3733. Yeah. Yeah. Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. It's a SACL toll-free call-in line. We might be able to slide you in here at the the final segment of the Live Sunday edition with Mark. And Stephanie. Let's uh, waste no time. Well, actually, I do have to waste a, a little time. I wouldn't call it a waste. Check out, uh, if you want different ways to support Free Talk Live, there are a couple. They're really awesome. It's shop.freetalklive.com where you can use our links. There's Newegg, Amazon, and you can buy things that you would normally buy already on the internet through free talk live we get a little percentage your price stays the same you get the great service you same great service same same great products and the amp program at amp.freetalklive.com the amp program allows you to get a few perks and to you know whether it's a it's a commercial free podcast or all kinds of other little perks there at the amp program and to help free talk live spread the ideas of liberty far and wide really when it comes down to how successful free talk live has been it's the amplifiers amp.freetalklive.com Shane in Alberta. Shane? Hey, how are you doing? All's well. 
Well, that's good. Uh, I'm glad to hear you're still on the air, uh, even though the sad news about Ian. Um, I generally only listen to the podcast. Okay. Um, it's the easiest e- easiest way for me to listen to it. You're not really on the air up here, unfortunately. No. Um, Getting on the air in Canada is but, nigh impossible. Mm. Yeah, I bet. I bet. It's pretty uh, shut down up here. Um, but uh, I've been listening over the last month, and you, you had mentioned there was a couple shows there. We were talking about you know the atomic bombing of Hiroshima. And I had actually just finished reading a book that I don't. I think that you would find incredibly fascinating. Um, it's called "The Last Train from Hiroshima," mm-hmm. and it's 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 actually this writer who's gone out and got all the last sur- sur- surviving survivors from Hiroshima, and got all their accounts. Uh, some of the fascinating things that I found out was uh, there were actual double survivors of both atomic bombs. Are you kidding me? Um, Oh. No, uh, it, it blew me away. Uh, the the closest place for people to go after Hiroshima was Nagasaki. Oh wow! The last train from Hiroshima was pulling into Nagasaki when the bomb went off. Oh my god! The last train of survivors. It, no, it was absolutely. And he goes into the scientific, um, I guess, I guess description of how what you would see if if you like millisecond by millisecond what you would see if you saw these bombs going off and. It, it it absolutely floored me. At first, you know, I thought, you know, maybe these are good deterrents, but now uh, they're, they're, they're absolutely horrific. Horrific what yeah. these things do. Like, I'm not too sure what the newest uh, creation of Something a lot worse. Yeah. Probably and, a lot worse, I would imagine, so it can't get any better. Right. I, <laughs> nuclear but, weapons are, uh, and, and these are obviously atomic weapons, but nuclear weapons are such a dilemma for me in the liberty community. I believe people have the right to possess, possess weapons. However, I don't think you have the right to possess a weapon that can only wipe out huge land masses. You can't kill an aggressor with a nuclear weapon. You can only no. kill an aggressor and a whole bunch of people around them. And so, therefore, I would have to say that a possession of a nuclear weapon is aggression against your neighbor because it's a threat and the but how do you get rid of them they don't go away the me wishing them away doesn't make them go away and even if i did the technology exists in someone's mind and they all went away somebody would create one tomorrow um Mm -hmm. so you know this it's a very i I think literally if anybody if everybody read this book we wouldn't have nuclear bombs again i swear i mean some of the the trust they, they call the the grass people the the force of these bombs is so bad so bad that in it embedded blades of grass into people and they were running around like looking like they had fur but it was like wow. embedded grass wow one child was one guy who was a child at the time says he has nightmares every night because he hears the clickety clack and it sounded like someone was was uh, smacking a stick and then actuality it wasn't a stick it was a guy running by without feet it was just him running oh. on his bones. That's awful. And uh, stories of, like, horses with no flesh that lived for days and days. And, like, uh, just, I was absolutely floored. And I, I you know, it, it will really change some people, like, anybody's mind if they read that book. I have to be and honest, that, I don't want to read it. I don't want to. If you're already against it, I mean, no no problems. Don't read it. I yeah. mean, but if you think that these things are, are a good idea at all, and these people had, you know, they were talking talking to people that, didn't want to be in the war. They they had they didn't want to be there. They were trying their best to stay out of it, 
but they got bombed anyway. Yeah, we had a caller call in who had apparently been a curator or something, yeah. worked at a, a museum in yeah, Guam um, on a Saturday night, and basically, you know, made the, the made absurd statement that essentially every man, woman, and child in Japan was a mind-numbed robot that uh, believed that uh, the that the emperor was the only you know son of God or whatever, and that Japan was the the great uh, nation that must rule the world. Just incredible craziness the idea that everybody believes the same thing on a given landmass and somehow those people they all must die i mean this is how you do it once you say they and you put them all in one big category mm-hmm. those people they think this or yeah. they act this way you've started yeah and, do all americans think the same thing or act the same way no right and absolutely I mean, even, not even when you can say groups even when you can come up with sort of statistical uh, you know, analysis, um, you know, you you don't get the whole picture. I understand why people generalize, but generalizations are pretty dangerous they things. They only go and so I, far and they can be unhelpful. They can yeah. be unhelpful mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And I think that, the Shane, you've uh, just talked about how many ways that uh, the generalizations can be unhelpful. You just made a generalization about Canadians what? by what? saying a boot. I have no idea what you're talking about. Shane, if you don't call me Big Daddy Rhino Schwantz, you hate me. That's okay, Manwich. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> for those that don't get the joke, Manwich was my previous name on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's been around for... Well, many years, since 2002. And when I started on Free Talk Live, I didn't want people to know my real name because I sold ads for on the radio. And then I'm on the radio and I didn't want my uh, persona to in any way, whether it's my political beliefs or whether it's, uh, you know, whatever kind of absurd jokes I make about gender, you know, drugs or whatever it was that we talked about. I didn't want that to affect my business. So I had a, a nom de plume, as it were, a nom de guerre um, by being, a, I, don't, I don't know what the French word is for radio, but um, <laughs> radio, <laughs> a, a, um, but anyway, a pseudonym of some sort. And it was Manwich. And I just kind of made it up one day. Uh, I think I heard it on the radio. Somebody said that that would be a good name for a radio. I said, Manwich. Hmm, that's interesting. If, if Actually, my co-host Ian, who was uh, we're on day twenty-five of the Ian Freeman incarceration count-up, he didn't know what manwich was. He didn't know that it was a tasty, uh, tangy uh, tomato treat that is mixed with hamburger to create, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a name-brand sloppy Joe. He just thought it was a man sandwich, and he thought it might be a gay reference at the same time. He wasn't—he wasn't entirely sure. Interesting. So he went on this way for months, calling me manwich, not really knowing what it, or caring for that for that matter what it meant. But um, didn't, you know, didn't manwich the brand like get into some trouble a while back because they had these commercials that were like something about the commercials was like. I don't know, too violent or something. Like people would get smacked in the face with manwiches. I don't know. And it was like women getting smacked in the face. And speaking of gender, like people were getting offended about that. And right. Stuff. It's uh, so it's uh, it's okay. The guys get smacked in the face. This is interesting. Um, do you remember the terrible Terry Tate commercials from Reebok? No. This is the Office linebacker. No. Um, so you know the the only hubbub they created was the hubbub about him tackling women in the office. I mean, terrible Terry Tate spent a lot of time tackling a lot of people in this office, mm-hmm. and most of them were men. And it's hilarious. Go watch if you have not seen these terrible Terry Tate videos in their entirety, and there are several. But the first one's really, really the best. Um, the Office linebacker. You. You, know, I mean, you haven't seen it anything till you've seen this. It's one of these great um, internet things, and it's kind of lost in the in the ages. But 
he would, you know, t- tackled a couple of women in this. And for whatever reason, the women tackling is bad and the men tackling is not. And here, once again, you have one of these gender stereotypes. It's completely overlooked because it's men that get the short end of the stick and it's OK that they get it. You get it? Uh, I get it. I don't know. Anyone tackling anyone doesn't really appeal to me. I don't like football to begin with. We're, so. we're going to watch Terrible Terry Tate here in a minute because Terrible oh, Terry boy. Tate is hilarious. <laughs> it, in it, the uh, the premise is that... We'll have to uh, see how it pans out. Yeah, this, this office, and I can't remember what it is, but it's some funny name, uh, hires an office linebacker. And the suggestion is that somehow this is makes sense, that you could hire a guy that would use basically brute force in and a terrible way. And he's in the corporate... Way. In the corporate world and stuff to enforce down the, the rules, um, you know, like, you know, Jim, oh, you know, God. you have to have a cover sheet on your TPS reports. Biatch. And then he slaps him in the face with a paper or something like that. And it's, you oh, know, it's just God. I don't I don't find those things funny anymore. This is, I'm, I'm telling you, this is we'll truly see. well, we'll done. I mean, this is this is real top rate comedy and it's worth seeing, in my opinion. But, you know, what am I? What do I know? Just Big Daddy Rhino Schwanz. And (laughs) Stephanie. Free Talk Live. Check us out at freetalklive.com in the meantime. 